Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet. Thank you for joining us again this week. We have an exciting episode. We've got some special guests joining us, radio hosts of a program called Outlook. Uh, and they also happen to be brother and sister uh, who are both blind. But before we get to them, I want to introduce my co-host today, Clement. Welcome back to the podcast, Clement. Thanks, Sean. It's great to be back, as always. So our guests today are Brian and Carrie Kajewski, and they are the hosts of Outlook, which is a radio show that airs on Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Ontario time, and then also is released as a podcast later. Both are blind, and I had the pleasure of meeting them at a CFB convention several years ago, and I'm so excited that you're with me today. Welcome, Brian and Carrie. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and great to be on, on Limitless. I've definitely heard a few episodes already, so it's uh, it's really neat to actually be on the, on the podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's, I think our listeners would love to get to know you guys better, and so would I. So could you maybe introduce yourselves? Um, yeah, I don't know, a little bit about each of you, what you're into, aside from being radio hosts, maybe Brian, you want to start? Oh, sure. I was going to maybe say Carrie could start since she's older and wiser, but, uh, oh, that was going to be one of my questions. What, that was one of the questions. I guess, I guess oh, we know now. I just well, gave that away right off top there, but, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Carrie ladies first, you go first. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. It's a good place to start. Uh, I am three years older and, uh, I live in a town called Woodstock, which is sort of where we grew up. We grew up in the country, uh, but uh, we're the um, two youngest of four children. So we actually have two older siblings and they are both sighted. So, you know, my parents didn't know anything about blindness or raising blind children until the two of us came along partway into their parenting, <laughs> parenting journey. But um, yeah. Uh, I got to go first as far as blindness and uh, disability and stuff. So I, um, you know, I sort of take on that bigger sister role. And, um, but on side of that, I, I used to love art when I was a kid because I used to, I was low vision growing up. And so I used glasses and, and dark pencils and, but I also knew Braille. Uh, so I love color and things. And then I started losing some more of my sight and it's, progressively, uh, decreased, um, into my thirties here. Uh, but, uh, now I love to write and I love audio, audio storytelling. Uh, also love travel history. Um, yeah. And just, I love living here where the seasons are and fall is still my favorite season and we're heading into Christmas, which is always a nice time, like with the Christmas music on the air right now. So mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, so I was born, as, I, as Carrie, I think, mentioned, I'm younger. So I'm the youngest in, in the family of four siblings here. So I was, I was born in 1987. And yeah, I mean, Carrie definitely being three years older. And, uh, you know, I feel like 
she definitely was the guinea pig in a lot of this stuff, kind of going through things before me in a sense. But yet our journeys, you know, were similar in a lot of ways, but also different. Like nobody's the same, obviously. And uh, we definitely had a, a very special bond growing up being, uh, even though our whole family was very close, we like, we lived out in the country and we were definitely one of those families that we were all very close to all four of us and our parents. But Carrie and I definitely had this, this special bond just because we, we weren't the same age, but uh, which, you know, it was kind of nice. We could go off to school. We all went to the same school, but we were in a different class uh, and stuff like that. But we did, were able to though, share, have the same itinerant teacher at the time and um, pupil aid was referred to. So we had both like a actual teacher who who knew Braille and then the, 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 the uh, pupil aid also knew Braille as well or learned Braille. But um, yeah, so childhood was was quite good. It was, we had a really, I don't know, I look back on it and sort of the balance in life of what's what's luck and, and what's not. But I do think we were quite lucky to have such a close family and very supportive parents. I mean, not everyone has that situation and it, you know it depends depending on some people are more advantaged than others and there's just there's so many factors that go into it and it's also just blindness is a difficult thing in, in some sense and some people aren't aren't ready for it and nobody i guess nobody's probably ready for it but our parents definitely really fought for us to be in the in the school system with with our older brother and sister instead of sending us off because we're pretty close here in ontario to the brantford school for the blind and, you know, it's a whole discussion that I won't get into right now about the differences. And of course, I think it's, it's never one size fits all. Some things work better for some than others, but I was just glad that our parents really fought for us to be into in the regular school system, if you want to call it that. And anyway, it was just, it was a really good childhood. I was, unlike Carrie though, I was also born blind, but my vision has always stayed the same. And my vision being very little, I have light perception and a bit of shadow but that's it. So we were both born with Lieber's congenital amaurosis and my vision has stayed the same, but Carrie's has, has changed. But um, then just quickly as a, as a kid growing up, music was my big thing. I really got into music at a pretty young age. And then my older brother, seven years older than me, about when I was 10 years old, well, before that, he got me into Nirvana and bands like that. But when I turned 10, he, he, uh, he had a guitar around the house. He didn't really play it anymore, but I picked it up kind of and really kind of took to it more than he did. And then also he introduced me to a lot of music that his friends introduced him to. A lot of non-mainstream stuff, kind of stuff that you wouldn't hear on the regular radio, but stuff that I found very interesting and unique at the time. And it's really stuck with me ever since. So for 25 years, I've been listening to a lot of these bands that, you know, they have a niche following but none of them are super popular but anyway i just you know i owe a lot of that to, to my older brother and uh yeah i spent a lot of time in my room listening to tapes at the time and then cds and and now vinyl but uh yeah awesome oh yeah i'm thinking of so many questions from everything you just said that's so great um clement do you want to share your sort of sibling situation i i come from a family of five so there's um my brother my my sister myself and then my parents of course uh my sister's older and my brother's younger so i'm the middle child uh which is always an interesting place to be in anyway uh, but it's even more interesting because my brother and I are the two blind kids in the family. Uh, we have the same condition, Nori's disease. Um, and I was born first. So uh, like Carrie, I had to, you know, kind of pave the way for a lot of things. 
but it's it's really interesting kind of looking back now in terms of how differently my brother and I are. So um, Carrie and Brian mentioned they have a they have a special bond because they were the two youngest and the two you know blind kids in the family. Um, my my situation is almost the complete opposite. So the fact that you know the both of us are blind are just about the only things we have in common, really. Um, and we we've responded to blindness and you know the way our family treats it and the family treats us uh, very differently. Yeah, we did an episode on siblings oh, probably over a year ago now, and we had but siblings where one person is blind and one person is not, and every every pairing that was on that episode, it was a very positive, um, you know, literally I would give my eyes to my sister if I could <laughs> scenario. Um, and I know that's not everyone's experience. So I, I really appreciate you saying that Clement and that, you know, it's like, I'm sure that Carrie and Brian are not always aligned in everything um, as well, but it sounds like so far, at least a pretty fantastic relationship obviously yeah. you've chosen to work together and so I, I suspect it's mostly good but um sometimes it's not so yeah and, and i think that's interesting to just note is the fact that i think a lot of people kind of assume that oh if you have another blind sibling or a blind family member then there's going to be solidarity well I, i'm right. not not sure if that's always the case or not mm -hmm. so i'm excited to explore that a little bit yeah more. yeah so before we dive deeper into the sibling thing, um, I was listening to an interview that you guys did oh a couple years ago, and I can't even tell you who you were talking to, but I learned that your first podcast before Outlook, um, before the radio show was called Ketchup and Pancakes. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, tell us about that. Well, like I say, Brian and I, we do fight like you, like any other sibling, uh, but we are closer than, than some. Uh, but so growing up together, we did a lot of little projects. I mean, I, like I said, I could see color, so he couldn't really, you know, color much with me, but together we would make, um, cool things with sound, uh, recordings and things sometimes. And, uh, so then back in 2016, I, I'd, I'd heard about podcasting and it sounded really neat to me. And I knew that Brian knew about audio, but uh, I had ideas for things, but I didn't know how to do that side of it so much. Um, so I came up with an idea and we tried to find an, a name for our show uh, and we called it Ketchup on Pancakes. Oh, sorry. Not Ketchup and Pancakes. Well, it, <laughs> so same, good. same, basically. Same yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it, 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 it was never, um, we didn't think it was something that most people could really relate to. It was a catchy, I thought it got people's attention. Yeah, um, because it was a meal we, we grew up on and our um, sort of European grandparents, uh, our grandmother used to make them. And so the pancakes are like salty crepes. They're not it's like egg and and mm, ketchup more. Good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they are. They're savory and really good. Uh, but it was a podcast about family, creativity and humor, which uh, we decided to narrow that into something more with Outlook. But that was a first practice run. And I, I think uh I think it's been fun and it's a good story. Is it still people... is it still something you can it's, find online? Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of on and off. We haven't really since we started Outlook about just over four years ago now, we kind of put the ketchup on pancakes on the back burner, so to speak. But uh it still is out there. There's a few actually 
I don't have a second podcast feed set up, but I have put a few on the Outlook feed. If you go kind of way back mm. to the very end of the feed, or even if you just search for ketchup on pancakes, I mean, I don't think there's any other shows that will probably come up. A couple of the episodes uh, are on there, but now it's kind of come down to once a year. What we'll do is at, at the end of the year, the beginning of the next year, we'll sort of do a very, because Outlook, you know, we have a more specific theme, which we'll get into, but with this podcast, it's a little more free and it wasn't on the radio originally. So and it still isn't generally. So we uh, have it. A, it's a little bit looser, a little more casual. Artistic, and we're kind of like, our, yeah, our, 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 our interests creatively. And mm. yeah, so we kind of do, yeah, more personal. And so we kind of do a year roundup and, and look back at the year and, you know, sometimes have a couple drinks, whatever it may be, and just sort of relax and, and do that. So we, we'd like to maybe do more eventually because it was a, it was a fun idea, but it's also interesting because I just think back in those early days, how Carrie, like I was, I wasn't not disinterested by any means, but I, I mean, back when I was a kid, I was pretty open with cassette tapes and recording everything. And we'd make fake radio shows and all this kind of stuff. And, but when we carry had the idea to start the podcast, the first episode, actually, I kind of got a couple of people kept commenting. Like I was yawning constantly throughout <laughs> it. It's like, are you into this? Brian? Like, what are you doing? And uh, wow. <laughs> so Carrie kind of pushed it along in the beginning there, but then, since doing the, the radio show, I sometimes think it's the opposite. And even today I'm sitting here, I'm like, I got to make sure to let Carrie speak. Sometimes I feel like I talk too much and I want to have a balance between us. And I, I don't know, I think maybe it's anyone, their own voice or their own. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty used to it at this point because I also do a music radio show that I've been doing for five years now. But at the same time, I really do want to balance it out and I don't want to be the one always talking. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, it's uh. I, I love that you guys would make like pretend radio stations. My sister and I did that too. I had, you know, the Walkman that recorded and she had yeah. the Ghetto Blaster that recorded. And I still have those tapes somewhere, which I hope no one ever finds <laughs> because it's embarrassing. <laughs> like recreating commercials on TV and, you know, pretending to be different characters. Like, oh, just so, so much silliness. It's quite hilarious to listen yep, to. I did that too. And I still, I still have the Walkman somewhere. Not the tapes anymore. Thank God. But <laughs> I have the Walkman, which is a lot more cool to show off. So. <laughs> Carrie, I know you also blog, you're a writer. What is your blog called and and where can and what's it about and where can people find that? So as I lost the ability to see color, I had to sort of navigate over to writing the written word. And for a long time, I was afraid of rejection. Uh, So I didn't show writing to many people. You know, my family and friends knew I did it, but um, I did it for eulogies when my grandparents died, stuff like that, right? Um, but when I, when I turned 30, I thought, you know, I'm tired of being so safe and afraid and, and holding back. So at the time I was dating somebody who was an IT guy and he helped me set up a, just a free WordPress blog. Uh, but it, it was great. It got my writing out there in a less nervous, nerve wracking way than if I had just started like, like I've done since then, like submitting to certain you know editors and things, working with other writers who I feel was always felt, felt like they knew way more and were way more talented and things. So the, the blog helped me just get my words out there. And it was my, sort of my space in a way after my space, <laughs> never really got into that. Um, but before social media, uh, kind mm-hmm. of really like before I would start writing little mini essays there, I started on my blog and it's actually available, but since the pandemic, I stopped writing on it. And, um, the program I was using started to not work for me. And yeah, 
then I moved on to podcasting, but I still, like I said, I started then I, I was able to like, at least I think the blog in a way was holding me back a bit. It was, it took time. I was posting a couple of times a, a week for a long time. And I would write about anything like a lot of memoir, but I wrote, I wrote a bit of fiction, like a few short stories, uh, some movie and then book reviews and different things and some interviews. Um, it's just that later on, yeah, I, I started submitting and writing to, to, to get published other, other places. And it's like, then you have less time to mm-hmm. think. So the blog is still up there. It's, it's KK Her Headache. So Carrie Kajewski is my name. So KK Her Headache. Um, dot wordpress.com. Cool. And I did this thing where I'd have thank you, the grateful posts. So once a week, a bunch of fellow bloggers and I, cause I really found a community on the on. Yeah. You really did make a lot of connections through the yeah. blog. Like people said, I've even. met, people I've met in person since then and other writers and other uh, creative people and people just going through things that, that we could relate. But, uh, but yeah, I just, um, so it's still out there. It's just, I've, uh, moved a little past it and I'm, I'm in the process of launching a, a different website right now. So. Okay, cool. Well, I feel like good for you. I, I have so many unfinished blog posts because I always thought that I would start a blog. Um, and so something would happen and I would come home and I would write about it, but I never finished it. It was bordering on a journal, but, but meant yeah. for other people to read, you know, and I never, I haven't done anything with any of them. So I feel well, like I have funny. a collection. Yeah. I mean, I had a bunch that I never, I, I never got post pu- uh, published either, but it was powerful for me at the time to be able to be press my own publish button and, and have my words out there. But it's funny how technology and the in trends change, right? Blogging was the thing uh, yeah. in the first couple decades of this, of this new millennium, but now it's podcasting and it's, it's always changing and it's, it's hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. So have you taken formal writing courses? So I have a, a, an online certificate from a local school here in Ontario, uh, Conestoga writing certificate. Um, but otherwise I just, I just found mentors and um, uh, learned from people and, and was a good literary citizen, as they say, sharing, you share 80% of the time you expect others to share your work. 20% of the time you make great connections and, uh, if you're around long enough, your words get out there and your confidence grows. So uh, that's what I've just been working on uh, because it's helped me become more a uh, confident person in general and just speak up for myself more. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to take a writing class. Uh, I, I feel like I have a good story, <laughs> interesting things to say. And, but what that stops me a lot, because I've never had any formal training beyond like academic writing in university, which is not really the same. So yeah, I prefer creative writing myself, Mm -hmm. but, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not easy. Everybody thinks so to be a writer would be easy. And it's, it's really not, you have to find a way of of rearranging words on a, on a page in a way that is, um, you know, flows and is captivating or interesting to someone. And that Mm -hmm. makes you feel lighter, not heavier, hopefully. Interesting. Wow. So cool. Okay. So let's talk about outlook. So why did you shift from your ketchup on your pancakes to, (laughs) to the name change and sort of the focus change? Yeah. So I guess that was pretty much like I'd mentioned previously, I had a music show on radio Western here in London, Ontario that I started in 2017. Like Carrie said, when she turned 30, she started her blog. I'd always wanted to do my own radio show. It's something like since since I was a kid, pretty much, you know, and my love for music from, you know, 
as long as I can remember. I always loved the idea of doing my own show where I could pick my own music and be my own host, DJ, and, and play anything I wanted. So I finally, at the age of 30, was like, okay, I got to do this. So I, I went to the, the local radio station here in London at the Western side of the University of Western Ontario to London here. And they couldn't have been any more gracious when I went in there. So just so open to anything. And, you know, the, the blindness wasn't a mention at all. I was actually the one at the end of the meeting that brought it up about a couple of little things, but really they didn't, there was no hesitation, none of that kind of stuff. And I think that was maybe partly my fear before go doing this. Um, but anyway, so I started that in, in 2017, my music show, and it's definitely my main passion out of anything. It's promoting other people's music is just something that I, you know, I talk about a lot of the stuff isn't full out mainstream, but there's still a niche audience out there. And a lot of it's just people sometimes think, I think, especially these days feel overwhelmed because there's just so much out there. So I try to, you know, preview hundreds of records throughout the year and, and play stuff, new stuff every week and a lot of Canadian music. And so anyway, I'd started that and I built a really good connection at the station. There was a um, lady there at the time, the program director, Pamela, and eventually she used to sometimes meet me at the bus stop a couple of times on the snowy days. She was just like a really friendly person. One of those people too, that blindness, she just didn't, I met her for the first time and there was no awkwardness, no nothing. Like, I don't think she'd ever really known any blind people, but it just felt so natural with her. But she eventually find out, found out that we had this ketchup on pancakes podcast. And of course, sort of intrigued by the name, she looked it up. And then I got a text out of, out of the blue the one day and she said, would you be interested to have ketchup on pancakes um, aired on the station as well? And so we considered that we kind of had it on briefly, but then that was also around the time we'd really been getting back into the blindness community through the CFB at the time. Um, the Canadian Federation of the blind got involved in that about five years ago, soon after I started chin music, my, my music radio show. And throughout my twenties, I wasn't really involved with the blindness community at all. So we were really kind of fresh into that at the time so we kind of thought maybe something more focused for the station and to really keep it casual, keep it fun, but also try to educate the, the general public a little bit more about blindness and accessibility. And, and so then we, we came up with the idea to try Outlook. And then Pamela, the, the program director, was totally cool with the idea. And we started in September of 2018. And uh, four years later, we haven't, haven't turned back. So, Wow. So the focus of Outlook is more advocacy- would that be accurate? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's based around our sibling, uh, relationship, uh, because of course we're not the only blind siblings out there as, as, uh, your co-host here today shows Sean, but, uh, and we know some ourselves, but it's not, a, it's unique enough that we thought it would be a good basis for our show. And then, yeah, we just wanted to sort of bring attention to some things that if you're not blind and you go about your, you know, your days, that knowing anybody who's blind, you, you won't think of these things. And so we didn't know we could get such a, an interesting audience listening there. And we thought, why not give it a try? And Brian's radio recording background, and I was coming up with a lot of ideas. So, and yeah, Pam's was so great at the time. And it's, it's, it's a pretty nice setup there. So. Yeah. I just love sitting and sitting in front of the, the big console there in the studio. And, you know, I've memorized, I don't, I don't even have Braille on it or anything. I've just memorized how many faders you count over for this and that, and, you know, turning up the, the faders and turning on, on the channel and then turning it off when I play the theme and balancing all of that stuff. And I'd already kind of had that background from going to school for music industry arts here in town at, at Fanshawe college. And then doing my music show for a year prior had all that built up. So 
I kind of handle the board and, uh, you know, we're both co-hosts on the show and we, we do pretty much split it half and half, but, uh, you know, I would say Carrie is a little bit, maybe more the producer and booking the guests. I do some, but, um, whereas I'm more the co-host and do all the activate, all the, all the uh, audio equipment and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really been such a great experience since, since we started that, uh, the, the outlook radio show and uh podcast. So do you ever disagree on topics or guests or like, is it pretty seamless when you pitch ideas at each other? Are there times when one of you wants to go a certain way and the other doesn't? Yeah. I, I would say again that, you know, we, we have our, our, our fights like any other siblings. So when we're talking about topics, if one of us, like I'll do a lot of episodes, I'll bring ideas with him up to him about episodes about audio description. And he's, you know, he, he had less sight than me always. And he, he was more into music than, than TV. So he wasn't watching a lot of movies. So, it, you know, certain things are, are, are important to somebody. And, and so while this is thinking of who our audience is, it's not all about what, what two of us might want anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. We do have to do a lot of, you know, the sort of thing that we you learn in any relationship, a sibling one specifically about how you, how you work with others and listen to their ideas and, and work together because your ideas that come out in the end are better. If you put your heads together with st- stuff, whereas occasionally in the moment, yeah, you, you want to go your way and you think yours is the best way to go. And, and sometimes that can, can cause a bit of conflict or momentary arguments, which sometimes we like to have on air because then people, yeah, <laughs> awesome, it is really, it is funny when we get like the, the word we often use is snippy at each other occasionally. And yeah, on the air, like sometimes we, we do record from home. If certain guests can't make it live on a Monday morning at 11 Eastern and here in Ontario, we'll do a pre-record as we call them from home. And then I'll often listen back and do a bit of editing, but generally when it is a live show, you just go in the moment. And sometimes, you know, you do kind of, but I'm trying to think of like specific topics or anything that we disagree on. I don't know. It's interesting because we, you know, of course we're not the same. We, even though we have a special bond, we're also different in a lot of ways, but I do think overall our opinions on a lot of things are very similar. Well, yeah, we have similar, um, similar enough outlooks, right? That's why that's, yeah, the, we're, that's the solid solidarity of the show. That's why it has to start and end with the two of us. And if, you know, one of us moved on, we would probably both move on and, 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 and we'll have guests of all kinds of, with all kinds of outlooks. Cause that's how the show has kind of grown since the mm-hmm. pandemic specifically, but uh, down, uh, drilling down to the, the, the center of it all, it has to be and and, and our whole family, we all have our own experiences and things, but we have very similar outlooks in my family, um, mm-hmm. you know, close family anyway. And so that's just, I think that's what comes through on our show. As a family, I do think we're all quite sort of down the middle. We're not extreme kind of one way or the other on a lot of issues. And, you know, some people might say, oh, that's, you know, apathy, apathetic or something. But I don't know if I'd say that, like we have opinions, but it is, I do think, and of course anyone can get worked up and has an opinion on something that's stronger than one side than the other sometimes, but really we do try to stay balanced and stay in the middle, which is something I'm always trying to work towards too. But, uh, and then just another thing that I wanted to quick mention is that we finally added in the line to our theme that we're siblings who are born blind because <laughs> yeah. for a while there, we were like the odd person, you know, even there, even in our regular life, sometimes think we're twins, even though we're three years apart. And then occasionally we've got like, people think that we're a couple and it's right. just not, <laughs> not ideal when people think that, I, but uh, anyway. Well- I was thinking about, I mean, even within the blind community, there can be differing views on things, right? So the idea that you are both going to 
approach everything with the same perspective well, or opinion is is probably, yeah i mean brian's uh, right well that's the thing is brian's right that you know i'm i'm a female and he's male and and he's more analytical and more logical and more he's better with technology and math math, math and so i'm better communicating writing more mm-hmm. maybe sensitive or something there's just different things. And, but like, like was said, I think earlier in the show is that everybody assumes all blind people would get along or just like the blindness doesn't make you think the same or have the same experiences. So the yeah. fact that we're in a family means that we do, but uh, it's also interesting when we're not seeing all things uh, exact same either. And that's, what's also nice about having, especially now, like we started out a lot of the time with just the two of us, but especially since the pandemic, and people being more available at that point. And then now we kind of just evolved into that where we do like one show a month generally with just the two of us, which we call a mixed bag where it's very open-ended and all sorts of topics. But generally we do have guests on because we really do want other outlooks and different perspectives. And, you know, we want people to feel comfortable to talk about anything they're comfortable talking about. And we don't, we really try not, and we're not judgmental people. I would, I would like to think because I just think everyone's experience is so different and it's sometimes it can be hard when you have a certain experience and you, and you, that's what you've lived and you sometimes forget that other people don't have that, but we really try to be open-minded. And the other thing that we're really trying to do more of is incorporate other disabilities. Cause obviously blindness is the main, is the, like, the first focus of our show since we're both blind, but we really, it's like when I, sometimes I think, you know, I don't know a lot about people who are deaf. And so I, I get why people don't know a lot about blindness and I want to learn more about other disabilities as well. So we're really trying to get more of more of that involved on, on the program too. I, I love the fact that you guys in, in, uh, incorporate people and bring in other people from dis- different uh, backgrounds when it comes to disability, because you're, you're right. Sometimes I think um, we get very, very focused on um, our disability and the issue that we, the issues that we have to deal with and the advocacy that we have to deal with. Um, and we forget that, you know, there's lots to be learned from other people who have different worldviews, different views on disability and different disability based, you know, experiences and lives and backgrounds. Okay. So I have a silly question, but I mean, when I think about fighting with my sister as a kid, she's cited, um, it was like a, I felt even though she was younger than me, she was taller than me by the time we were teenagers. And like, we would physically fight sometimes, uh, <laughs> which I felt disadvantaged. I would come at her and she'd just stick her legs out. And so I couldn't reach her. Like, <laughs> just, I'm just curious how you fight with a blind sibling. Do you do things like, like hide things on them or, you know, like, is it different? And because you all have sighted siblings as well, is, do you fight differently? I, what'd you say, Kara? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I, I would do things. I, I, you think I'm empathetic. I should be empathetic if I'm also born with, with my disabilities and, but things, but I would do things that I had more sight than him. And so anytime there's a, even in your sibling relationships with a a disability, even you both share, it's not the exact same. There's a hierarchy, right? Like, I had more sight than him. So I would, I would just stand somewhere in place. Right, we play like hide and go seek or something. And I mean, now, now our nieces and nephews do stuff like that, right? Like any kid will do mm-hmm. um, just testing the limits and just thinking it's funny. And so that didn't prevent me from being a sister jerk sometimes, right. uh, but no, we, you know, we had a few physical occasions where we would push or whatever, or you're, 
we'd mm-hmm. stomp off. And so we just, it, it was, I don't think it was any different. And, and then the way we interacted with our older till siblings, same thing again, they had, they could hide somewhere that, that I wouldn't know where they were or jump out at me. My brother, or my older brother would jump out at me from the top mm. of the stairs. And that's what siblings do, but it was never anything that stuck with us. We were always siblings that were able to uh, just have fun the next time. And that's what we want for Outlook, right? We we live with this stuff every day too. And advocacy can be heavy if you're always dealing with it. So like Clement was saying, one of the things about social media is how much to put out there and how much, you know, it's the same thing with this stuff is that this is important. Uh, but I also think we all need time to forget that stuff and kick back and have fun. And even on our show, we'll, we'll do things like want to share people's, again, their, their creative talents, you know, if they're, if they're musicians, we've had a few performances on the show and with, oh, cool. with, with, our, with our, you know, our ability to use the station and stuff. So we like to have fun and then be serious uh, in equal measure if we can. But I would definitely say as on a whole, I think, and maybe I'm just forgetting from, from being, from being a, a kid, but I think it was more generally more like arguments and stuff than actual physical Mm-hmm. fighting it just wasn't in our family overall i don't think that was as common i mean you know generally it's little things when you're a kid anyway but i mean yeah overall i would say it's more little arguments and it's kind of like they are today in, in a sense well i'm thinking of like my sister would steal money from the bank when we played monopoly <laughs> apparently oh i thought i thought you meant like the real bank and i was me like, too <laughs> yeah, i know that's what i was thinking that's too. a little i was no. like that's a little concerning <laughs> or like you know when you there's like one piece of something left and you have to split it like who gets the bigger piece right well, the one who can't see is probably going to get ripped off maybe if the sibling's yeah. taking advantage of that i don't <laughs> care happen. i wish i i wish i could I'm think of examples like do you know of you wish i don't know <laughs> well i'm just just for this po- especially for the podcast like i don't I don't want to sound boring, like, oh, we were, because of course, no. I'm sure there were things, but I don't what know about- if you did th- those types of things necessarily, Care. I remember, like, my cousin ch- cheating on Battleship and stuff like that, and he'd win, like, three games in a row, and somehow I didn't catch on that. <laughs> right, yeah. He was looking at my my game, but... Uh, Are you, is Outlook affiliated with the CFB then? What's the connection there? Or maybe talk a little bit about the CFB. Yeah, so Carrie can chime in here, too, as well, but maybe I'll just get started, and we talk here again about going back to what we were saying about extremes and sort of being down the middle, I think it's like so many things where when you get involved in something originally and something's new, it's exciting. It's you're, you get a little bit obsessed and I'm, I can be like that with things. I'm pretty middle ground, but I also like with, with music and with anything I do, I think I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I get sort of really sucked in right away, but also I think, especially from our mom, we do get this method of not like always being a little bit careful and I just think in, in 2017, I hadn't heard of the CFB or anything. Obviously, it's out west there more. And we're in Ontario and Canada is so big. But it was actually a, a friend of ours who, a good friend of ours that Carrie met at Guide Dog School back in 1998, who, was, who lived in uh, Nevada for a while in the US and met some people there and got connected with the NFB. And then he, he came back to Canada and, and found out about the CFB and told us about that and you know, as a, as a friend of his, plus, you know, we were also at a different time in our lives in our thirties now, and we were interested to kind of get to know some more blind people and get involved. So we really got involved in the beginning with CFB, um, and had, have been involved quite a bit the past five years, but the last year and a half or so, especially with the pandemic, I think a lot of people, and I mean, it was before that, even in some ways where I have kind of just sort of backed off a little bit, nothing against anything. Right. I mean, Everyone, I think, comes and goes with with so many things in life. But 
I just find sometimes with with advocacy and it's you know we also got outlook from which was inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind I wouldn't say it's an aff- affiliated necessarily I think it's more that that's the thing at the time that really inspired us to do the show. Mm. But I just find, and and again, I think this is a common thing in the blindness community. It's unfortunate. I really do want to continue to work with people. And I, you know, I hope to work with CFB and and other organizations as well throughout my life. But I just think it's, sometimes it started to feel to me like everything was angry and complaining all the time. And it's like, of course, there's a lot of inequality out there and things we need to work on, but we also need to just take, take a step back sometimes and, and uh, like, I don't know, it's, it's exactly how to explain it. Maybe Kara wants to chime in, but I just, I just kind of cut, started to get a bit exhausted from it and had to back off a bit, but uh, I don't know. I do think it is valuable to do both, to focus on, on your own live, lives, of course, but also to find a way to work together in the blindness community, especially in Canada, where we, we do feel, I don't know how you, you both feel out there, Clement and, and uh, Sean, but I do feel like we still are quite disconnected in many ways. And I, always want that to, to, to gradually change. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that would look like. Uh, I just know that with our show, I feel like now that we know some more that we didn't know then, and that's, again, you can't say this wouldn't have led to the show at all, but we don't know. Uh, I just think for our show now we're better, a little more independent so that we can, we can talk to all different kinds of people. Uh, but yet as the quote, unquote media, I guess. I don't know what we are. Um, we want people to be comfortable and we don't, we aren't, we don't want to just cover one organization or stick with one philosophy of things. So I think it, it's, uh, it's again, it's part of, it's still in our theme song because it, it did inspire things, but, uh, yeah, we've, um, we're our own sort of unique entity, I guess. Yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. It's interesting. I don't, I don't think blind beginnings, I mean, we're advocating in a different way. I'm really big on just educating people about the capabilities of people who are blind and, and maybe like trying to instill and empower children and youth who are blind to not be embarrassed of their blindness to that, you know, they can pursue their dreams, all those kinds of things. Not so much. This isn't fair that you're not doing this or that because I just feel like it isn't. And And not that I never feel that way, but I do understand, like you can really get swept up in the angry and the fight and it is advocacy can be a fight. I think especially with, I think when you focus on kind of the more uh, societal issues and systematic issues, um, I think it it is like, like you guys both said, it's very, very easy to kind of stay angry and only see things that are um, kind of, not working or that are broken. Um, Sean made a really good point. I think we advocate in a way that it, with with blind beginnings anyway. I think it's very it's very much more personal um, in a sense that personal achievements are a big deal. Even if you can't change certain things um, about how accessible a business is or how uh, you know. You can't change city infrastructure or whatever, but the little things that we do sometimes when you get to educate someone in your school about being blind or, um, you know, write a blog for our blog or be on the podcast and talk about things that, you know, sighted people may not be aware of. I think that's kind of what, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're much more geared towards. And I think that's what makes it easier for the Limitless podcast to be a little bit more friendly uh, in the sense that we don't have to spend as much time kind of pointing out the things that are wrong. 
Um, and it's much easier to be more educational and more entertainment. And I, I'm really glad you guys are doing, sounds like you guys are doing similar. And, you know, like you said, especially if you're independent, it's easier to kind of put your own vision on it um, instead of having to kind of, you know, toe the, toe the company line, as it were. Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of it too is about being realistic. It's not, and again, sometimes I, I think I do maybe go a little bit sometimes too far the other way of, I don't know. Like, I definitely don't let my blindness hold me back in the sense that the fact that I was born blind, it's not even something I generally think about, except, you know, when I had a brief job at the Grand Theater here in London and we got to the part of using the software and it was like, it's not accessible. And I was just sitting there and the rest of the the, the team was working on stuff and I just felt so left out. And, mm-hmm. you know, those are the times when I think about it, but I think it's the balance of being realistic. And of course, it's good to, to try and think positive and be like, oh, I can do anything because I'm blind. But it's also good to realize that be prepared that there's certain things you might not be able to do or certain things that might not be accessible and not let this sort of fake reality of saying, Oh, it's everyone else's fault all the time. Cause it's, it is systemic, like you say, Clement. And I think it's a, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. And and sometimes we just have to acknowledge when things don't work, you know, right. Um, as, As well as being positive and, you know, talking about the cans, you know, like, like you said, it's easy to go to extremes. Um, I heard someone say a couple weeks ago, someone said it's it's very easy to lean toward live in extremes rather than in the middle where all the tension is. Um, and I think that's huge. Mm, that's um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's really, it's really easy to try and be, oh, you know, we need to be positive about everything and blind people are super cool and we can do anything. And then there's other people who are like, no, nothing is working and it's all broken and blah, 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 blah. And I think it's just much healthier to be in a space where you can be positive, but then at the same time, just take some time to realize that, no, there are some times when things don't work and that, you know, frustration of that, you know, those feelings need somewhere to go. Um, and that's where you can vent, um, but also try and remember, you know, the blessings at the same time. Um, I have a selfish question to ask. Uh, (laughs) how have you guys gotten listeners? to your show. I feel like because it is niche and the whole disability thing, you know, unless you purposely kind of are looking for it or have someone in your life who's blind and you want to learn more, how do you attract the audience that you want to, I mean, we want to obviously have blind listeners and we really want parents of blind children to listen to our podcast, but I also want like just Joe Blow who maybe never met a blind person before to listen, because that's the best way that people are going to understand disability or blindness better. So do you have any, any tricks that have worked to get in front of those, that audience? I mean, I think a long time ago, it was harder to get for, I guess, quote, 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 unquote, little people to get to, to even be heard. Now it's like, it's hard, as we've said earlier on this episode to, to work, to, to push through a lot of the noise and there's so much content. Mm-hmm. I think it's just hard for people to, to know where to put, bring their attention to. And, uh, for us, I think it's great that we have, I mean, sometimes it's a bit of a mixed message to people. They're like, are you a radio show? Or are you a podcast or what? Like, what is mm-hmm. you do it live or so, but I think the way we started and the audience we do have, you know, we can't, we don't know who's listening. Uh, but the fact that we're on the university's radio station in London, professors could be listening students mm. uh somebody we're on the like the local dial if you're driving through the city of london you can get it in on on the radio somebody just in their car right. uh, and then it became a podcast and then the more people who know you do it and the more guests you have some of them 
mm-hmm. take an interest. So it just has to grow over time, but it, it, you're never going to get the exact kind of attention you want because there's just so much out there these days. And so you just have to keep at it and, and be steady, like be a place that people <laughs> want to go to talk about certain things and uh, yeah, provide some interesting, fun ways of making it welcoming and 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 that's the best you can do i think sometimes you can run yourself ragged trying to get an audience out there to to listen when there's no guarantees for anybody for any of that um but it is harder with the neat more niche it is i I don't know brian you and i talk all the time that we just like certain like ami here in canada it's great to have stuff like that but yet we're still separate the rest of the world doesn't have to listen to our show because oh i'm not blind it doesn't apply to me Mm-hmm. Well, but maybe it there may might be something there that does apply, or we could all be go, go blind one day, right? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to happen to anybody. Maybe as you get older, there's illness, yeah. and so you have to just think. We would like somewhere like the CBC to talk, take more interest in disability themed things because disability is just another part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is sort of in the back of our minds. Uh, possibly a goal but who knows where, where things will take us but the cbc would i think be a, a good one i mean even that especially you know there's certain people that don't like the cbc at all and wouldn't listen but that still yeah. would give us the, the cross-country um publicity but at the same point it's like me being the really loving math and stats and stuff i'm surprised i'm just i've never kept up with podcast stats and and being able to track that properly and i should get into that eventually but i think it's like any of these things that it's about just being there and not going away and just ki- keep doing it and, you know, like Carrie mentioned, there's a, there's somebody here in London that we'd never met before who's cited, who just seems to support a lot of local things and came across our show. And we actually had them in as a guest to celebrate four years on the air. And it was the first time we'd actually met um, this person, Katie, in, in person. And it was just great mm-hmm. to have her sit in. It wasn't like a big guest where it was like the big focus constantly on her, but it was more just like chime in when you want, be a co- uh, guest host on our show with us today. And, and I don't think we have, you know, I, I always want more listeners, but that's also why I, that's not the only reason I do it. I think that's the same with my music show. It's one of those things that over the, t- over the years, being there for five years, I'm getting more and more promoters and bands reaching out with their music. And that's just because I tag them in my Facebook posts when I post archives of the show. And it's the same with Outlook. Like Carrie said, when we have a guest on, they might share it. And then people that they know get wind of the, of this show and it just gradually grows. But yeah, I don't know. I think there is just so much out there. And, but that is also why I do love being on having both the radio live show and the, on the Monday morning, which I don't know how many people always catch that. Cause it's at 11 AM. A lot of people are probably at work, but you never know. Um, but having that for people that are just in their car, randomly flipping the, flipping the dial compared to having the podcast online, which is there, you know, forever. And anyone could mm-hmm. discover it years down the road. That is so I'm- fascinating that you don't, you don't pay attention to stats. I am so like every month I'm asking Rob, what are our numbers? And I can be ecstatic or so disappointed, <laughs> especially if we've recorded episodes that I thought were really great. And I'm like, really? No one listened to that. I mean, not yeah, I mean, no one, but I can't say that didn't, that doesn't happen. I mean, I, I'd probably be yeah. being a little unrealistic to say that. I mean, of course, like I'll go to our, our SoundCloud where, where the podcast is hosted from and I'll check Certain well, you'll episodes be, you'll be like, like, this episode has a bunch of plays more than this one. I wonder why. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, it is so, interesting, right? Like, Which I don't think popular. there, I don't know if there's a reason or a rhyme to that. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, you guys mentioned earlier that you guys have been trying to incorporate people from, you know, different backgrounds and different disabilities and things. Have you seen, do, do you think 
there's been an increase in listenership since you did that? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard. Like I, it's the same thing. If you think is you're trying to be all things, it's hard. But then if you're too narrow down a niche, it's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always sort of changing my mind as as someone who's create you know there's creativity in my family uh, and we talk all the time Brian and I about how artistic things if it's considered frivolous or not productive people don't take it as seriously and it's not as valued. And so, I mean, for me, it's hard. I look at uh, Outlook is one more creative thing that we're doing. And I think audio storytelling, like documentary and podcast stuff uh, that I listen to on CBC, I think this stuff's mm-hmm. beautiful uh, and artist and creative. And yet there's mechanics to it. And then there's real life you know, it's all a lot of work. It's just me and Brian, for example. You know, we don't, we haven't got. Yeah, we don't have a big team behind us or anything. It's no, just we the two of us. We haven't, we haven't got grants to like to yeah. pay that, pay for yeah. a social media team, and and mm-hmm. so we don't have a pictures all over Instagram. So we miss out on certain audiences, and but yeah, yeah, you, you're not gonna. And I've always had an issue trying that. I, I always want to be liked too much, so I'm trying to work on that because, yeah. especially when you put yourself out there on a show like this, you're you're the host. It's your show, uh, but you're never going to please everybody, and you're and you're yeah. going to you know meet a few people who don't think you're the best thing since sliced bread. So yeah, you have Absolutely. to just be able to focus on why you're doing what you're doing, and it has yeah. to be about about you, kind of. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a great point. That's a great yeah. Thought. Okay, so. What is next? What are you guys going to do when you turn 40? I feel like <laughs> this all happened when you turned 30. You both like ventured into really awesome things. So, any- well, you know what? That goes back to limitless, I think. That's true. It does. Yeah. Do you have, what are your hopes for the future? Both of you. That's why yeah, I, I guess mean, that's why I love your show because uh-huh. I do like the idea that life is full of limitless possibilities. So, even with this, I don't know, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, again, like this is something I'm, I probably need to be work on as well with myself. And I'm always trying to think of how I can better myself and what I can do to grow. And I think for me, sometimes I do lack setting goals and setting schedules and, and time, time management, something I'm gradually getting better at, but it's always a work, bit of a struggle and work in progress for me. Cause for me currently, I just, I do tend to go with the flow a lot of times and I just really Love, I play in, play in a couple of bands. Um, and again, that's more of a, a hobby, but we're hoping to release some music um, soon and then play some shows. But also my my music show is, as I mentioned, my, my real true passion, even though Outlook is as well. They're very close. They're both my things. I just really want to just keep doing what I'm doing because I noticed in the past five years how much that stuff's grown. And I can only imagine what it'll be in another five years. And so I really do want to just put as much energy into this stuff. And I, while I don't, I think I do need to push myself sometimes. I also think oftentimes the best things happen when you aren't pushing yourself and you just sort of go with the flow, but keep working at something gradually over time and opportunities sort of come like happen out of, sometimes it feels like out of thin air, but it's such a gradual thing. And so I just hope to really continue to focus on both of my radio shows because it's truly my dream. And it is unfortunate in this society. I think so many things, it's tricky to, to make money. I wish, you know, obviously I don't do this, my music show or the show to make money. This is a volunteer station, but I would, I wish there was a way someday to, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky conversation, but I just, I do think these things are valued. And sometimes in our society, it's hard to, hard to get there. And it's, it's an ongoing thing, but yeah. Patreon is a great start for a lot of people. That's one thing care. We yeah. could, we, that's come up. We've, yeah. 
we've yeah, talked always, about it. Always running by options. Cause I'm always, like I said, looking at what other writers and other creatives are yeah. doing. And so I, I'm always coming with ideas and sometimes it's not right right now, but you'll get back to doing it and it'll be great next month or next year. So yeah. well, it took me forever to get us up as a podcast. Like originally we were just up on SoundCloud. I'd post yeah. the episodes and that yeah. was the only place mm-hmm. people could find us. And a lot of people are like, what's SoundCloud? I just want to follow you in my, in my uh, RSS Spotify feed. or my Apple music. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. eventually once the pandemic hit, I finally got my stuff together and I uh, got, got us up as a podcast and, <sighs> So now it's nice that we're we're a little bit more readily available, and it's, well, it's 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 funny, you know. And Sean Sean and I laugh at this all the time, but it took us a pandemic to get the podcast off the ground too, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we right. talked so, about we, it. We talked about it for years, years before. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. COVID happened, and we're like, oh, well, all of us are at home constantly now, and we're on Zoom all the time. Let's. Yeah, try it was it. the same. It was <laughs> the same with my band, my band's EP. We recorded it at the end of 2016, and then. My, the one member moved to Toronto, so it was a bit far, far away. And we had these recordings sitting on a hard drive. We put hours and hours into this. And then finally in 2020, we were like, let's let's finish this and at least get it out online. We're not, you know, we're not going to go crazy about promoting it. We're not, we just want to have a recording to have proof that we we did this and we finally got it up online. So it's just, sometimes it's just the right timing that obviously not ideal circumstances, but you got to look at the positives. And that's sort of, I think, what a lot of people found in that time yeah. to yeah, finish up projects. Absolutely. Okay, so where can people find you guys if they want to read your stuff, listen to your show, listen to your music? Well, uh, yeah, Outlook is short form, but it's Outlook on Radio Western uh, just because it's on that channel. Um, Outlook might be a little hard to find just searching that yeah, one word. Well, we, I, we, got, we got an idea for the name of the show from a friend and some people are like, why do you call it that? It's like, well, I'm taking back that word. It's about perspective. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I I botched the website when I messed say it, so Brian should probably say the actual website. But you can if you search Outlook on Radio Western on any of the podcast apps, you'll find us. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would say that's the best way to do it. Just just search I think for so Outlook. Too, yeah, Outlook <laughs> on Radio Western. You'll you'll find it. it's on yeah. TuneIn Radio and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today was really great to get to know you guys better and uh, i'm sure our listeners will really appreciate getting to know you as well thanks guys yeah, yeah. thanks lots nice of, to meet lots you of awesome lots of awesome food for thought i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah here's i love it all, here's to all the other siblings who are blind absolutely yep. yes. absolutely. <laughs> yeah it's so cool that clement has a sibling as well it's blind i had no idea i've met you a couple of times just very brief i heard you on a couple of zoom calls but that's about it so it's great to yeah. get to know you as well great and... to get you to know you as well, well limitless possibilities time. for all of us exactly that's right that's right you've been listening to limitless the blind beginnings podcast if you have a question a comment a future topic request please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.